What's up? I'm Emily. I'm Claire. And this is the Justin Bieber experience. Whoa. (laughs) I did not sign up for this man. Well... I could never live up to the Biebs himself. The Biebster? (laughs) The Biebs. This is our podcast, Emily and Claire, and we watched episode 13 of season 2, which is called Comeback. And in this episode, Sue is depressed since her loss at regionals, and Brittany starts a new fashion trend at school to the dismay of Rachel, who showed her what to wear. I'm a little bit embarrassed because I really thought the synopsis would mention the Justin Bieber experience, but I guess not. Yeah, I, I guess those are the two main things where comeback ties in, so I get why they would write it like that. But again, they love to just latch on to one little thing and just kind of go with it like the rachel fashion thing is that a big part of the episode no mm. not at and all. if someone were like oh wait this episode which episode is that if i were like oh it's the rachel britney fashion one i'd be like i don't get it what episode is that but if you were like oh it's the justin bieber experience one i'd be like oh okay that episode well i guess the episode does start off with the bit about sue which is like kind of annoying like it was like funny but it's a little bit annoying that they're like oh no sue's depressed guess she should join glee club to find meaning in her life again yeah that's pretty stupid and poor sue's character is just a pawn for the writers they just throw her around they're like your motivations out the window today but before all that it's kind of glaringly problematic just must be said as a baseline pretty much everything about sue's mental health is just problematic in this episode so know that but then um if we kind of just like turn off our brains and are stupid it's pretty funny the way that they do some of the stuff is pretty funny the way that they open her journal and it's like goodbye world in this like really black font and then it's like I'm committing Sue hyphen aside. It's pretty it's funny. Like, first reaction, oh no, not good. Very not tasteful. Second reaction, kind of funny. And when they go into her house, and her house looks like that, first of all, it's so funny. When they break into her room and she's lying on the bed with the stupid gummy, gummy vitamin bottles around her. <laughs> It's so funny, and I hate to laugh, but I laughed. And then she's like, oh, I stopped my pulse. That's my second reading. <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid. Um, but then, like, as soon as she's basically okay, like, Will and Emma are like, or basically Will, she's like, you're a bad person. You deserve this. And it's like, like, what the... <laughs> what how can he be like okay first of all why are emma and will responding doesn't make any sense why would emma rush to get will don't know why would they run to her house again don't know is it still the middle of the day what happened to will's spanish class i don't know and he's like oh i'm so concerned for her i'm a good person and as soon as she opens her eyes she's obviously not in a good place still she's like i feel horrible and he's like well you should (laughs) goodbye (laughs) 
again like, what are you mr nice here? guy will schuster once again showing the world he's the nicest guy <sighs> embarrassing i don't have much to say about this mainly because i don't really get it <laughs> it's like the entire premise of this episode i'm just like i guess this is what's happening question mark it's kind of because sue's regional loss happened off screen i don't feel it at all i don't even know when what she means when she's like i lost at regionals well i mean they showed like the interview with katie couric where it's like biggest losers and so i can kind of understand why she would be humiliated especially because like when the girls are leaving the bus with finn She's like, where are you going? Like, without you, I have no set or whatever. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, sucks to suck. And she genuinely looks kind of, like, troubled in that moment. But then it just jumps to her, like, lying in her bed surrounded by gummy vitamin bottles. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, before that, so what we see is that the op- episode opens with Mr. Shu in, like, his Spanish class. And I have to say, for a hot second, I really forgot that he was the Spanish teacher, just because they, like, never really bring it up that much. And so seeing him be the Spanish teacher, once again, I was like, why did they write it so that he's the Spanish teacher? I do really wonder why. They kind of talk about it in season three, where Santana is, like, really basically tired of his bullshit because he just reinforces like stereotypes in his class so she's like why did you want to be a spanish teacher and he was like oh it was the only job open at the time and i was like mm-hmm. fuck you but it's i find it especially annoying because with like languages where it's like spanish or like chinese like those are the two that are most commonly taught in schools it's like languages of people of color and then if you have like a white man teaching those languages one it's like colonizer mentality but like two It's so frustrating because people of color are obviously super underrepresented or represented in like um, academic fields. And it's like you're just taking jobs away from these people who possibly can provide better insight than this white man who like studied abroad once and was like, I'm in love with this culture. Yeah. Um, A couple of things to say, which are going to sound like me defending like the hypothetical will schuster in the situation but overall i agree with you right like it's embarrassing for someone like will schuster who obviously sucks at spanish to be teaching spanish right and the fact that the reasoning is like oh it's the only job open is like i get it circumstances are hard um but gross you know but i will say for spanish specifically there's a lot of white native speakers of spanish for one Still colonizer mindset, but there are a lot of native Spanish speakers who are white. Obviously, Will Schuster does not fall into that camp. And then secondly, sometimes I find that having a language teacher who is a native speaker can obviously be great because you can get like immersion. You can see how the language is actually supposed to sound or look or whatever it is. And like you can pick up more like natural phrases and stuff like that. But sometimes it can be hard because native speakers can't really explain how to learn a language if they did it naturally sometimes you know where someone who maybe got really good at the language from learning it as a second language it might be easier for them to relate to students on like how to pick up the language as a second language 
so there's that. But again, Will Schuster does not fall into either of these camps, so goodbye. It's also a little bit frustrating because I feel like I agree with that aspect where it's like, yeah, definitely if it's someone who has gone through the process of learning a language, super helpful when it comes to teaching, but more so with like language classes, a big part of it is you're also learning about like the culture mm-hmm. and I feel like that's where it's so offensive. Like none of this is ever brought up in season two, at least I can uh, like of what I can remember of season two. But in season three, there's literally an entire episode where Mr. Shu just performs like, what is it? La Bamba or something? Or or, yeah, it's like one of those songs. And he's like wearing sombrero, holding like macarenas and or not macarenas. What is it called? Maracas. Maracas, there we go. And it's like so frustrating. Ugh, like I, I don't I wish they talked about it more because that's such a big problem. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of just like brushed under the rug. But yeah. Just wanted to bring that up because when he was writing on the board like regressor comeback, I was like, wait, what is mm? oh Spanish class? Yeah. Also, like I wonder if like a comeback from like what I mean when I say a comeback in English, I don't think it's the same as like regresar, which is like to come back. But I feel like him being like, ooh, come back. I'm like, okay, cringe. <laughs> Anyways, that's like how the episode opens up. And I feel like it's such a shaky kind of premise because the way that Sue eventually comes back from her slump it's just like oh well like it doesn't really make sense because like she's like i'm gonna now be the coach of oral intensity which is your rival for regionals but i thought that the whole point of it was to come back into the cheerleading anyways it doesn't matter yeah i just ignored the whole sue plot she's it's like she's walking around on freaking pudding i have no clue where she stands yeah the footing so we i don't get it same with rachel it's Um, like I was so confused about why she wanted Brittany to make her a trendsetter. I know. And it was funny when Brittany was like, what are you coming back from? I was like, yeah, what are you coming back from? And she couldn't even answer the question. It's just like the writers being like, oh, let's make this about Rachel. And I'm like, but why? Yeah, why? It doesn't make any sense, man. I thought that the whole gag with the outfits was so funny. Like, I don't really get what Rachel was trying to do, but Brittany just being like, um, I put these on my arms. And then everyone being like, ooh, I'm going to do it too. And Rachel losing her mind. That entire sequence is so funny to me. And then Rachel comes to school and all the girls are wearing, like, sweaters and plaid skirts and whatever. They all looked so hot. Dude, Heather Morris, when she first walks in in her outfit, I was like, wait, that's what it's supposed to look like? (laughs) Because Rachel doesn't not look cute, you know? Like, she she's pretty and, like, whatever. She always looks pretty put together. She looks kind of cute. But when I saw Heather, I was like, whoa, that's what it could be. That's wild. She looks like a model. And then, like, when it shows uh, Quinn, Santana, and Tina all wearing the same outfit, first of all, Santana looked so amazing in it. But it was kind of funny how they were all basically wearing identical sweaters where it's like Uh a horse carousel and then they're like what are you wearing a reindeer sweater and she's like that's what you guys are wearing they're like no this is a carousel horse that is so funny (laughs) but they were right brit uh britney's basically the trendsetter like it's just 
the way that she wears the clothes, mm-hmm. you know, she just makes mm-hmm. it look so much better. When Finn says to Rachel, like, we all know you're the real trendsetter in there. I think that's wrong. Like, if they want the the relationship between Finn and Rachel to be, like, something special, they really understand each other, then Finn shouldn't say that. Because it's not true. She's not a trendsetter. She is, like, a, she makes things happen, you know, out of sheer power of will. And there's something to be said about that. But it it's so significant that she paid Brittany. And she did make the whole thing happen. She set this sequence of events in motion. But she's not a trendsetter because her just wearing it would not set the trend yeah that's why she has to pay britney if she were a trendsetter she wouldn't have to pay britney so i wish finn's line if they want us to believe that something special is happening between finn and rachel i wish it were something more like you might not be a trendsetter but you make things happen you know like we all know you're actually the reason why everyone's wearing this yeah you started it you know and you can make the original song things happen. If you really believe it's the right thing to do, you can do it. That would have been so much juicier than like, you're the real trendsetter. And she's like, you really believe in me that much? <laughs> yeah, it's really disgusting. Like, I honestly think that they're both disgusting. And uh, yeah, anyways, anyways. Um, what I thought was really good this episode were the musical numbers. I agree. Except um, the Justin Bieber thing, literally, Will is like, okay, the lesson for this week, anthems. Sam Evans, he's like, I'm going to sing this anthem dedicated to my girlfriend, Quinn, and it's Baby by Justin Bieber. I'm like, oh, anthem? Don't get me wrong, it is an iconic song. Marks a generation of music, of teenagers, of preteens, whatever. But Anthem, hmm. at the end when Sue is like, well, I think your kids are stupid. You assign them anthems and not one of them has sung an anthem. I was like, yeah, true. And then Sue is like, let's sing this song. And it is indeed an, an anthem. anthem. Yeah. Here's more things that Sue does that don't make any sense. Again, pudding. She is in a low spot and is like, well... I'll do anything at this point. I will willingly join Glee Club. What? Then she's like, I'm being vulnerable. And I guess she's kind of just like in her own world being like, ooh, time to get Sam on my Cheerios. I don't really know. She's kind of just like irrelevant, you know? Not Eyes not very sharp, just doing whatever. But then she's like, I've infiltrated the Glee Club. My plan is working perfectly. And I was like, wait, What? And then she, like, tries to pit the girls against each other. Doesn't work. And then she's like, well, Will, we have to sing this song. All of us together. It must be everyone. So then they do it. She seems to have a grand time. I don't really get it. And then she's like, I became the coach for oral intensity. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense at all. And that's why I kind of, like, don't really want to talk about it because it just... It's like we can't even talk about it. There's nothing to talk about because it's just like the writers are like, well, this is how it's going to be because we say it's how it's going to be so we can get <laughs> to that point where she's against them at regionals. I'm like, okay. There was I'm one like, very straight path, but you had to take this loopy wild one. And the thing is, it's not even like 
interesting it's not compelling because mm-hmm. i know that they're going to go to nationals <laughs> like mm. even if i were watching this for the first time i'd be like well obviously they're gonna win they're not gonna lose at regionals again like anyways yep. um back to sam it it's like so confusing to me how he goes from a to d consistently throughout each episode like in his mind he's like Quinn and Finn might be cheating together. So I'm going to win her back by singing Justin Bieber because he's a sex icon. And then it works. (laughs) But I like what Quinn says about why it works. She's like, yeah, I was like cringing really hard, but he was so shameless and confident. It was kind of sexy. I'm like, that seems like a very good explanation for what happened here. Yeah, but like still so stupid. The way that he just walks into Glee Club and he's wearing his stupid purple hoodie. And he's like, yeah, he's like kind of awesome. So I'm just going to sing a bunch of Bieber songs. And the guys are like, this is so stupid. But the second he starts singing, which one why does Cord over? May, yeah, like may, <laughs> may, 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 oh. why does he always <laughs> sing like that? Um, but the second he starts singing, all the girls are suddenly like, oh, "He's really good." I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. I like when they're singing in the auditorium too. Once all the other guys kind of like get their share of the Bieber experience. It kind of shows the audience's reactions, you know? And Finn's like, oh, what? What's up with these guys? And then Rachel's like, oh my god, oh my god, which I don't get. And then Quinn is kind of just like smiling and she's like, it's a little endearing. Like her face looks as if she's looking at something endearing. (laughs) I think Quinn's reaction makes so much sense. You know, it's like so embarrassing, but you're kind of like, okay, like, whatever. It's kind of cute. But Santana being like, holy shit, you're so hot right now. I'm like, oh, from this? It's especially weird because like, I don't know, given the context of the show, they're supposed to be teenagers. I'm pretty sure Justin Bieber was like 16 at the time. Mm. So it shouldn't be creepy for them to find him attractive. But because they're like 30 year olds playing teenagers, they have to be like, oh, it's kind of, like, weird to find him attractive. And I'm like, it shouldn't be weird. Like, mm. you're literally the demographic. Anyways, I think it's kind of a banger, though, in the auditorium when they're singing Somebody to Love. It's a great performance. I really did enjoy the lighting, the dramatic chalk. The one thing that kind of was gross was the fact that they all had to, like, swoosh their hair to even like mike chang he barely has any fringe at all Mm -hmm. but like with puck they had to give him a hair piece (laughs) so stupid gross can you just i get it it's glee but can you imagine like high school boys being like oh shit what do we do with you like you have a buzz cut and mohawk like gotta go buy a wig so the four of them like go get a wig (laughs) god so embarrassing and he doesn't even wear it during the performance it would fall off. 
while it's he's like doing his terrible break dancing. Oh my god. There's a part at the very beginning of the song where they're all in their spotlights, like kind of dancing, and Mike and Puck are like right next to each other and doing matching choreography, but Puck looks like he's flopping around like a dead <laughs> fish. It's a little embarrassing. Like you look at Mike Chang and you're like, ooh, yeah, uh-huh. go go and then you look at puck and he's just spinning like a like, beyblade i'm like what is happening <laughs> yeah i think it's a little embarrassing how finn goes from justin bieber is so lame to seeing how the girls react the next day just walking in with a hoodie mm-hmm. and his itty bitty bangs <laughs> and quinn is like who is this joker that is the difference between sam and finn Finn will be like, oh, now everyone's doing it? Okay, I'll do it too. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys. And Sam's like, dude, what the, like, Sam is just oblivious, walks in. He's like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to do a Bieber number. <laughs> like, it's so different. It makes Finn look lame. It makes me a little bit sad, though, how the beginning tries to make it seem like Sam is lame. Mm-hmm. He's like, ooh, color me mine on Friday. And Quinn's expression, she's just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, that no. sounds so nice. <laughs> I know. Like, that's such a wholesome date. I feel like Quinn's kind of getting, like, tugged between the angel on her shoulder and the devil on her shoulder, you know? And then, like, later when, for some reason, Bieber makes her choose Sam, she, like, goes up to him and she's like, color me mine. And I'm like, ooh, she got pulled to the angel side. She sees, like, how fun this Color Me Mine date will be. (laughs) But let's also talk about the other option. Like, that Friday night date, either she goes to Color Me Mine with Sam, or she goes with Finn to go to an ice rink bumper car thing. Like, I mean, it kind of sounds fun. But I would choose Color Me Mine! Yeah, they sound equally fun, but there's one that's just obviously the right answer, and I don't think it's because of the location of the date. Well, that too. But it's like, Finn has the audacity to be like, color me mine. Come on, let's go ice rink bumper cars. Like a real like, date. <laughs> shut up, Finn Hudson. You know, and it's like, it doesn't make sense how he just sits in the choir room, leans into her ear. Mercedes is sitting to his right. He's like, hey, I thought we could check out this ice rink. I'm like, where are you right now? Know your, know your surroundings. He doesn't care. He's so shameless. The way that, like, obviously Quinn had to come up with a cover story, so she's like, I saved Finn's life, which is so fucking stupid. But we know that Sam only believes her because he wants to be able to still be with her. Mm -hmm. Like, Santana brings it up. He kind of brings it up, too. We know that that's the deal. But the fact that Finn has to taunt him by being like, dude, we didn't kiss. She saved my life. I'm like, shut up. I hate you. When Corey says that line, he finishes the line, she saved my life, and then gives this, like, wicked little smile and walks away. I was like, oh my god, that is so mean. And good acting. Good acting. I'm kind of impressed. Like, dang, they're actually doing their jobs for once. Oh my god, wait, I totally remember that when Santana is, like, having her comeback, right? Because I guess that's the theme of the episode, comeback. Mm -hmm. She basically lays it all down in front of Sam, and she's like, okay, I know that you know this, but I'm forcing you to do something about it, because, like, 
you know, they're actually doing something wrong. And it's so annoying that you're just going to sit here and take it when like, you don't need mm-hmm. Quinn and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, mm-hmm. why is she saying this even though it's true? <laughs> like, It's a little mm-hmm. infuriating. That was a great yeah. conversation. But it makes me sad because like, I know that what she's saying is right. But I just wish that we could hold on to Sam and Quinn like a little bit longer. But I guess it does make it better knowing that Sam is the one who's like, I'm ending mm-hmm. this. And it's not because Quinn goes to Finn. Dude, I think that the conversation between Santana and Sam is awesome. If it's even a conversation, more like a monologue. I think that the way that Sam ends things with Quinn is brutal but it, it's impactful and it's like pretty entertaining tv but it just all goes down the toilet knowing that santana and sam end up together like i don't know maybe sam's hurting but is that uh is that what he would do I, it would just be so much more like powerful and compelling if it was like santana is really telling you the truth just to tell you the truth and you know what if you want it she's here to have sex with you or something you know because like she would probably always put that on the table but if he was like yeah i i I appreciate the truth from you and i'm not just doing this because i want to get some or because i want to get revenge on quinn like you're right this is an autonomous decision and then he's like and no i don't need sex right now that would be so much better if they just ended as friends Maybe they can get together later. I don't really care. But in this moment, like, does it have to be, like, so fast? He was, like, so in love with Quinn. Yeah, that's why it's, like, like, it makes sense why it has to be that way. But I wish they kind of, like, fleshed it out a little bit more so it didn't feel, like, ooh, whiplash. Like, you know. Yeah, he's like, I'm not your boyfriend. Ever since I started dating Santana. And she's like, what? Like, literally, the way that Quinn runs up to him, so excited for their Color Me Mind Day, and she's like, oh, can I wear one of your shirts as a smock? Like, I have a thing for wearing my boyfriend's t-shirts. And he just turns to her, and he's like, oh, like, we're not going to Color Me Mine. I'm not your boyfriend. Heartbreaking. That's a great, great little snippet right there. (sighs) And then... And then it kind of, a little bit of the power leaks out when she's like, since when is Santana, blah, blah, blah. He's like, ever since we're dating. I was like, what the? Yeah. But the way that he tells her, he he does like another one of his avatar things. And he's like, fuck, like Santana told me to stop speaking in Navi. And then Quinn's like, since when do you listen to what Santana tells you? Ah! I wish he would have just been like, that's none of your business. And left. That would have been so much better. And then she's like, sitting on him in the choir room i'm like could have been a little more nuanced i know i told you this while we were watching it but the shirt that he's wearing the target shirt that's the exact Mm -hmm. same shirt he was wearing when he and quinn first kind of got together in duets Uh, it's like the stylist was popping off in this episode yeah they were like wardrobe was like we're gonna do stuff (laughs) They're like, look at this underwear that we picked out for all the characters. And now, and now look at this. Remember this? More heartbreak. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of good acting, I have to say that 
I know that we kind of been jumping around, but that scene where Will takes Sue to the children's hospital and they sing this little light of mine, like, first of all, I fucking hate that the show is like, oh, look at Will Schuster. Of course, he's the mm. guy who visits sick kids and sings them songs. Mm-hmm. But I really like the way that Jane Lynch like acted out that scene because I was mm. like, damn, she, she's really feeling it. Like, the way that she's hugging the kids and, like, kind of, like, holding back tears. I'm like, damn, good acting. Yeah. I feel like when she's there in the set, the Sue part kind of just, like, relaxes away. And I'm, I want to believe so bad that I'm just looking at Jane. Like, there's a part at the beginning of the scene before they're sitting in a circle and singing where, like, there's a girl just, like, hugging her leg. And she just kind of, like, absentmindedly, like, has, like, pats the girls back a little bit. And, like, Sue Sylvester wouldn't really do that, right? She would kind of be like, okay. But then Jane just sort of is, like, doing that. And, like, I think this story that I completely made up that I just want to believe Okay, okay. Is that, like, when Jane was on set in the hospital, like, obviously these are real kids. Like, you see it in the credits, too. You can tell from the kids that, like, they're not just, like, actors only actors who like aren't sick you know like you can tell that they're like actual kids from the children's hospital of la which is what it says in the credits and i can imagine that jane being on that set is like honestly it's not that important for me to 100 percent be sue sylvester right now like i'm just gonna hang out with these kids oh wait that's this is so messy <laughs> but you know like i i want to believe so bad and i do believe that is just like Jane. But it also works for Sue's background because, like, we know how she is. I think that there's a line that she says where she's like, oh, I hate being in hospitals. And in my brain, I was like, oh, is it because of her sister, Jean? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, like bad mems? And if that's mm-hmm. the case, fuck you, Will Schuster, for bringing her to a traumatic place. But yes. also, like, the fact that she's, like, hanging out with these kids and you know having had a sister well i guess her sister is not dead yet her sister is like you know it's so relatable for her so she's just like feeling her armor chip away and the real sue is shining through like i could totally Mm -hmm. see how jane being able to get vulnerable also helps further the narrative of like sue not being evil i agree she absolutely gives enough to the sue performance to she like is doing her job like a professional but she doesn't do it so much that she's like using these kids as props on set while she's like doing her work you know yeah like i think the way that she acts like does the acting in the hallway when she's alone with schuster versus in the actual room where like the kids are is like different because i feel like in the hallway She's whatever. She can go 150% into Sue. It doesn't matter. It's like a, it's a set. It's empty. It's a hallway. But when she's in the room with the kids, it's like, you know. Yeah. She doesn't use the kids as props, basically. Basically, we've, we've said all that we need to say, but I just want to say more. Like, her face looks so genuinely kind and, like, genuinely happy. And then at the end, you see, like, a sadness sort of hit her, too. And that is just, like, oh. Jane, she's an actor. Good acting, bro. Yeah, like I, when I see that, I literally think about how, 
whatever acting coaches are always like well the best acting is like when you can think of a time that you felt like this and then apply it to the script basically right like dig deep into yourself and try to remember what you felt like like I feel like I'm seeing a real emotion that Jane has gone through and then she like brought it forth to the surface for this scene and it's just like oh my heart they were like guys we can't have chris colfer or darren chris in this episode we need someone to bring the good acting so they were like jane lynch we're gonna give you this beefy scene oh yeah good for her it was really nice it was really random it was kind of funny Uh, why did will take her there he's like you're in a slump let's Let's go sing real music. I hate him. I think he's so stupid. I think he's a terrible teacher. And it's so (laughs) obvious because when I think about all the great performances in this episode, minus Justin Bieber, a lot of them were brought on by Sue. Sue was the one who kind of planted the seed for the diva off, you know? And Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, that's the best number in this episode. Mm -hmm. Which, if, okay... It's a diva off, so there has to be a reigning diva, and I I would say it's Mercedes. Obviously. Oh, okay, okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> I want to talk about that, because I was thinking about this when we were talking about good acting. Mm-hmm. You know who's not? Leah Michelle. That good at acting? Leah Michelle. <laughs> I didn't even have to hear you finish the question. In the end, when they, like, while Mercedes and Rachel are singing their song and they kind of realize, like, this is fun, we're, we're just singing together, you know, actually, you're really talented, you're really talented, I'm really talented, we're all talented. You see it on Mercedes' face where she's like, hey, okay, this is fun. And then Leah's like, <laughs> we're just having fun here. Like, their facial expressions. Leah's is so overacted. It just is, like, a little painful. Part of me is like, girl, you do realize you're not on a Broadway stage. Like, you don't have to exaggerate your emotions. I'm like, the camera is six inches from your face, okay? Speaking of the actual diva off, Mm -hmm. first of all, the way that Rachel introduces the scene, she's like, I told Mercedes that the only way we can really have a diva off is if it's from the Broadway catalog. And I'm like, so stupid. That is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. And then... Like, she's like, oh, something about it being a home advantage for me. And I was like, horrible. I don't, I don't get it. And then Mercedes is like, yeah, and you're going to about, you're about to be like being on your own turf. And I was like, ooh, damn. True. Yeah, dude. I think that the way that they each described what a diva is, mm-hmm. is so telling. Great characterization. I guess the writers know their characters. Surprising based on what they give us usually but like mercedes is like it's about not taking shit from anyone and then just bringing it on stage basically and then rachel is like it's about your emotions being so strong all the time that sometimes you have to look away i'm like is that what it is to be a diva miss rachel berry is that right and then when she's like, well, for it to be a proper diva off, it has to be a Broadway song. I'm like, that's because you think that a diva is something that it's not. Imagine Mercedes being like, what? <laughs> you think the only divas that exist in this world are on Broadway? No. Yeah. That's just not right. 
And it's so, I feel like they had to do this because if they hadn't sung Take Me or Leave Me and they sang some other, like, iconic... Leah would be she would She would literally be destroyed. So destroyed. And here's the thing. I was so shocked because of after so many episodes of hearing Leah Michelle sing the most pop poppy songs on the earth, hearing mm-hmm. her sing a Broadway song was so refreshing. <laughs> Thank I was like, oh, okay, it actually sounds good. <laughs> like they sounded great. It's also they interesting because great. Rachel sang Idina Menzel's part, and Idina Menzel mm-hmm. is her mom in this show. Yeah. Also, they split up Idina Menzel's part. Yeah. I think they both sang Idina Menzel's They both part. sang Idina Menzel's part. Yeah. It is interesting. I have to say, though, I feel like Leah Michelle's voice is so, like, nice sounding, but there's not a lot of depth. Like, there's this one mm-hmm. part of the song where Mercedes adds, like, some raspiness to it. Yes. I was thinking that as we were watching it. Yeah. And I was like, she sounds amazing. Yeah. Whereas Rachel, I'm like, okay. Like, Rachel has this, like, really crazy ability to, like, always be belting, even when it gets really, really high. It's, like, really impressive, actually. But then I kind of got tired of that tone after her singing for a long time, and it started to sound almost, like, squeaky to me, which maybe was the way that, like, the sound was, I don't even know what to call it, mixed or edited or whatever. Because Mercedes' voice also sounded, like, a little high and, like, whiny at times. Like, as if it was, like, a robot machine going, like, like this. But Mercedes would do so much. She would add so much, like, color in between with, like, yeah, like, the raspiness and stuff. It just, I don't know. She sounded great. Leah sounded great, too, though. I don't really know what the history of Leah's time on Broadway is like I know she was in Spring Awakening and that's how she got her Mm -hmm. start Mm -hmm. but I can't think of anything she's been in after that right whereas like Mercedes Amber Riley like after Glee she was in the West Side or West End production of Dreamgirls and she like won an award for that Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so telling also because like Amber Riley I think is just like a really well-respected vocalist in the Mm -hmm. industry Whereas, like, you don't really hear much about Leah Michelle anymore. And I think mm-hmm. part of it is because Amber Riley is just, like, so good at adapting her voice to all these different mm-hmm. genres. Whereas Leah can basically only do Broadway. Either way, she deserves it. I think she's so talented. She's so talented. It's so believable when Sue plants those, like, seeds where it's like this is what she said about you and i'm like that's totally something she would say and it's like this is what she said about you and i'm like wow she would say that sue like totally knows that yeah 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 Yeah. um just thinking about how mercedes can truly do it all and leah truly cannot i was thinking about this during the number that sue chose like sing by my chemical romance when leah first starts singing it as usual with non-Broadway songs, basically, across the board, it sounds a little awkward. But then Corey comes in, and I'm like, ooh, his song, uh, his voice is so well-suited for this song. Which, there are a lot of times, too, where Corey sounds kind of awkward. And I can't believe that there's, like, people in the cast, like Santana and, like, Mercedes, that have the range to do show tunes, hip-hop, 
R&B, pop, like all these things, they sound amazing on all of them. No discomfort for me, the listener. And yet they put these two people whose voices aren't that versatile, like their skill sets are really specific as the leads. Yeah, I feel like we talk about this a lot, but especially with My Chemical Romance, it just felt so bad hearing Rachel Berry be like the lead vocalist. Yeah, and she's always the lead vocalist. Uh, I wonder, like, I don't, I don't get it. They literally had an entire episode dedicated to like, oh shit, we always do the same thing and people are getting tired. Let's switch it up. Let's have Quinn and Sam have a song. Let's have Santana have a song. And they just were like, oh, we filled our quota for the year. That's enough. Go back to rate. Like, they're so stupid. The writers. I can't believe at the end. When Rachel's like, we have to do an original song. First of all, everyone's reactions are so funny. Like, I just imagine that those are just the actors. No characters on them. Their face is just being like, shut the fuck up for once in your life, please. But she's like, we have to do this. And someone is like, well, you just don't want to do a song where you aren't singing the whole time. And she's like, it's not about me. First of all, it's obviously about her. That's probably true. But also, like, even in the My Chemical Romance song, she's singing the lead part. Again, with the characters going from A to D, like, so shocking to me how she's like, okay, I don't think Sing is a good enough song. And for a second, I was like, okay, like, I kind of agree somewhat. And then she goes from, it's not a good enough song, so let's write our own original song. I'm like, what? That makes no sense. That makes no sense at all. Also, I sorry, I don't really know how these competitions work, but shouldn't they already have their set list ready and just dedicate the rest of the weeks to practicing? To practicing, so true. Like, I know that this is like an alternate reality where time doesn't exist, I guess, but like, yeah. what is with the Glee Club always doing things last minute? This is why they always lose. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously just for, like, the audience entertainment. It's like how in Dance Moms, they have to learn a new number every week, which doesn't make any sense, because normally, like, dancers who go to competitions will have the same, uh, what's it called? Like, solo or dance or whatever for, like, the whole season, and they'll just do that one over and over at every single competition during the season. But in Dance Moms, they're like, nope, new number every week. Yeah, I guess it's to keep things fresh. But honestly, I think original songs are so stupid. And, like, they did the same thing in Pitch Perfect 2, where they're like, let's sing this original song. Such a bad song, I know. Like, I'm trying to think of the songs that, like, the high school Glee kids would write. Yeah. There's just no way. I feel like, um, oh, I don't think next week we're watching the regionals episode, but when we watch the regionals episode, it's going to be all these original songs. And then they're going to go with Rachel's original songs, which are the worst ones out of the ones that they present. Like, Peace, peace, peace. Uh, so frustrating. I wish they never went down this road. Also, in this episode, they're like, the theme of regionals is anthem. And, like... Oh, no. <laughs> like, I just feel like the regionals episode is going to be uh, not a fun time. Will is such a bad teacher. He is. He's got to guide them. Well, actually, he does. He's like, 
Um, he looks at her like, you are stupid. He's like, let's take a vote. And everyone's like, no. And he's like, okay, sucks for you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. I'm like, wow, Will Schuster, great way to handle that. Doing nothing. nothing. He barely has to move, lift a finger. I do like the conversation that Finn and Rachel have in the hallway afterward, though, because Finn, it's such a great characterization of each of them, you know? He's like, you're right, we do need to do this. Which, first of all, that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. But when Rachel is like, well, then where were you when I needed you? I was like, true. Finn is such an annoying little slime. Like, why is he so useless? And then he's like, well, you know what? It's not, it's... It's not going to work. So we, we just have to do it on our own and then shove it down their throats. I'm like, is this leadership? I was is confused because I thought, like, I was, like, really confused by that scene because the way that he was talking to her, it was, like, so clear that he wanted to, like, satisfy her, but then he didn't want to be roped into it. I was like, is he manipulating her? I don't get it. Yeah. I feel like Finn goes through, uh, whatchamacallit, there's like ebbs and flows where he's kind of like in a mode of self-preservation and then he's in a mode of like, now he can be kind to other people, I guess. And like when he's in his like self-preservation mode, it's kind of a lot of times when he's in attack mode and doing something like morally wrong. Like right now he's trying to like steal win but then he's like gonna get all defensive and weird and he's like trying to keep rachel away because blah 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 i don't know like there's a lot of turmoil in this boy right now right and he's kind of just like trying to save himself and weasel his way out of like these slimy slimy situations so i feel like ah i can suspend my disbelief enough to be like even he doesn't know what his motivations are like even he doesn't know what he's going for he's just gonna say a lot of things that doesn't make sense that all are kind of like work in his favor they're convenient for him yeah that's why part of me is like is what he's saying like he actually believes it because i can understand how he's saying this because it's like so self-serving for him you know like rachel's basically gonna do all of the hard work and he can still get the credit and i'm like okay that makes sense to me but then i'm like but like why does he have to do this you know yeah either way at the end of the day i don't think they should have done original songs it's like so stupid like imagine you're a judge for this singing competition and like you have to judge these crappy original songs that this high school came up with first of all like being a judge for high school show choir is not my main gig i'm here as like oh i'm a prominent figure in the community and they asked me to do this and i was like okay and like i just want to go and hear some bops that i like you know some classic rock even some journey you know but instead i have to like listen to these high school kids be like this is our anthem and we wrote it like shut (laughs) up okay this is why everyone hates what you club like you guys suck <laughs> oh we never talked about zeises she she's very cute in this episode i know i love it how she's just like such a normal person like the part of the parts of her that are kind of like a caricature uh, like i'm not gonna say she's not a caricature because she kind of is you know like that whole sequence of her like wrestling the people i'm like 
this is just buck wild for no reason. But then just like in her dialogue scenes, she is normal as fuck. And it's so satisfying to watch. Like, she's like, okay, I kind of want to do a number for Glee Club. But you know, like, I'm a little nervous. And I want to do a good job. So, I'm like, you are so normal. I love to see this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, like, endearing how she's so nervous about, Mm -hmm. like, performing in front of Glee Club. So, Pug is like, oh, you just have to picture everyone in their underwear. And then we get a very hilarious... Like, I think it's so funny, the underwear that they chose for each cast it's member. such a great gag. Like, Will Schuster so just funny. wearing his vest. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, Sue's wearing, like, all leather. Sam is basically wearing nothing. Rachel is wearing, like, I guess it's like a nightgown, kind of. But it's still, like, plaid. Like, her, like, schoolgirl outfits that she wears. <laughs> And then, like, Corey is wearing, like, a Power Rangers shirt. Yeah. Part of me is like, okay, so this is what she thinks that they would wear. But that just makes it even right. funnier. Because she's, she's just, so like, looking funny. at Finn and she's like, I see right through you. Like, <laughs> Zeissi's knows all. Yeah. Her number was pretty, it was, like, pretty fun to watch. Yeah. I liked how, like, it, it was pretty obvious from the beginning that she wasn't a very great amazing singer right but the whole point of it obviously was for her to own it and to perform and she obviously did that and it was a freaking banger the fire performance dude the way that she just like bodies like uh not rachel who is it Brittany and um tina she just pushes them 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 to the floor i'm like what the (laughs) amber riley was like (laughs) like Brittany just falls on the floor i was like dang but her power it was like wait dude so charismatic why are the glee club numbers always so horny like the teacher's just sitting there and they're always like looking into each other's eyes they're like climbing on each other's laps and everyone's like and i'm like this is high school again will schuster not doing his job not doing his job be a teacher Yeah, that's pretty much it. She, oh, I really liked it when Lauren was wearing her hair in the two buns. Looked cute on her. I know. She's so, like, I don't know. I like the way that she acts in those mm-hmm. scenes where she kind of, like, looks at the floor and, like, mm-hmm. it's very it's very endearing. This actor is maybe a master. A master? <laughs> Again, yeah. she's rising into the ranks of, like, Darren, Chris, and Chris Colfer. Yeah, dude, like, the character Lauren Zeises is putty in her fingers she can make anything she wants out of her yeah. and she does it all successfully i wonder if it's like Great the same thing where she just takes the script and it's like nothing but she just somehow makes it amazing i know or like she could so easily play it as like one track but she like gives lauren that dimension also the actor's name is ashley fink oh interesting she's awesome fun fact she was in an episode of criminal minds where she was the criminal mind okay i think that's everything right yeah i think so so that's the end of comeback i i'm excited for next week because next week is the alcohol episode Mm. (laughs) um Best song, worst song. You can go first. 
Um, I can't really remember all the songs, so it's hard for me to think of the worst one. I think the best one is Take Me or Leave Me, the diva off. Although the My Chemical Romance one, I was very pleasantly surprised. It was kind of in the running there for a sec. Um, but no, the best song is the diva off. The worst song? I guess the worst one would maybe be Baby, because it was a little embarrassing. <laughs> He's like dancing, but he like can't really dance. And like because he can't really dance, I'm guessing that's why they didn't give him really hard choreography, but then it's like even more awkward because he only does like four moves total. And he keeps saying baby like baby. I guess the worst musical number is when he performs baby at the bar bat mitzvah yeah i think i agree best song that's like a really solid solid broadway cover that they mm -hmm. did and i would have to agree that worst song is probably baby <laughs> just because like i don't know i think that cord overstreet is a really good singer but the way that he just like does that with his voice yeah. he doesn't have to do that yeah. MVP. Trying to think. <laughs> Santana really did stuff this episode. Okay, honestly, like, there's not really a standout for me. I think that there are some pretty charming points of Zyces. Sue was a little whack, but she was a little charming. Sam was kind of cute. I think I'll have to go with Santana, though. Santana really made moves in this episode. Except I hate that she... Like, what do I even say? Like, got Sam into her romantic clutches at the end where she, they, like, ended up together. But, you know, if we're going to talk about a comeback, like, Santana was a little shaky last week, but this week she is back. She's on top swimming. of it. I think for me, I would say that Sue is the MVP just because that one scene at the hospital was, like, such a standout performance. But also... Again, she's the only one who really came forward with an anthem, even though it's yeah, a little true. bit sus. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. Cool. Anyway, I'm so excited for the next couple of episodes. I think the alcohol episode is a great episode. I think regionals is going to be so fun to talk about. And then I think we have like, uh, seven more episodes and then we're done with season nice. two okay that's all see you next time goodbye bye <laughs>